Heavenly Father, as you know, it is so easy for us to be scattered, for us to wander, just like sheep. Lord, as we are here this morning, no, no question, there are some of us here who, who may feel extremely scattered, maybe have wandered far away, family members who are currently far away from the fold. Help us, Lord, as you are the good shepherd, to hear your voice to be led back to the fold, which is safety, comfort. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Two problems, two solutions. A good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. We hear in the gospel today, and I'm tempted to say, cute analogy, Lord. But doesn't sound like a good shepherd to me. Sounds more like a dumb shepherd. Like what good does it have when a shepherd sacrifices his own life for his livestock? All right, again, my family are hog farmers. To think of my dad or my grandpa laying down their life for one of the pigs, or 15,000 of the pigs, right? Surely... You could always get more pigs, but you only have one life. My grandpa or my dad. If a shepherd goes down, the sheep are susceptible, right, to the wolves. Surely it's like they're gonna die anyways. The shepherd goes down, well it's like what's good of the what's good is the point of the shepherd laying down his life, sacrificing his life. It's silly. I think that's the point. What God wants or what God did for you and me is unmistakably silly. And he wants us to hear his call, I think, this morning, this week, to be silly for him with listening to his voice and calling into the fold those who are not in the fold. As I prayed over these readings the last couple of weeks, the Lord's been putting on my heart two problems that I believe our society faces. And no doubt as many number of people that are in the pews this morning, there are that many of different problems that maybe we're thinking of and come to mind when we read these scriptures this morning. But for me, as I prayed with these readings, these were the two problems that arose in my heart and mind. First problem, we need more shepherds to pass through the sheep. On this weekend, as our attention is drawn towards Jesus as the good shepherd, he who laid down his life, the church also declares this weekend as World Day of Prayer for Vocations. Right? And this is fitting because vocation right, comes from the word vocare, Latin word meaning to listen to the call. Encouraging others, the church wants to encourage us this morning, this weekend, to lay down our lives for the church. And even though you see guys like Synovio, he's not here, um, <laughs> thought he was, even though you see guys like Synovio and myself, young guys who are priests, studying to be a priest, even though there are seven more guys that will be ordained priests at the Cathedral in Joliet just next month, which will be the most number of guys we've ordained in a given year since, um, in over 29 years. And even though we've had, we have the most guys in the seminary right now since the year 1975, we still need more. 
And the church is very clear that when she asks us today to pray for more vocations, she is not just asking us to pray for young boys and young men to become priests, to shepherd in that way, but also for girls and young women to answer the call and to be shepherds in the church, to take on leadership roles in the church. Imagine, right, just in general, if we had more good shepherds as leaders in our world, in our society, if we had more good shepherds as businessmen and businesswomen, if we had more good shepherds who are politicians or practicing medicine or lawyers, good shepherds who would hear his voice and be courageous enough to lead others into the fold. Also, maybe even to become religious sisters. That's what the church has in mind as we pray today, to become, maybe to listen to the call to be religious sisters. And we may be thinking, well, that's like an outdated thing. Like, we don't, there aren't any sisters anymore, are there? Well, on Mo- this past Monday, I had a chance to celebrate Mass in a convent um, with, with a group of religious sisters, I think all of them who were younger than me. The community that I visited, their mother house has 50 sisters right now that are presently in their initial stages of taking their final vows. This community has almost 300 sisters. Their largest number that they've had in in their entire history of 160 years. God has not stopped calling people to the priesthood and religious life. He's not stopped calling any of, or all of us in whatever vocation that is to lay down our lives and to sacrifice. And as this World Day of Prayer for vocations asks us to, in a special way, pray for an increase of vocations of the priesthood, religious life, and consecrated life, in a world that it is becoming harder and harder and harder to listen to the call with the lure of wealth, honor, power, pleasure, and it becoming more and more sticky. So what's the solution? It's really more of a suggestion from Father Don and I. It's simple, but it's really, really important. We pray. But we pray in a very intentional way as a parish family. Father Don and I wrote a prayer that we placed in the back of of all the red hymnals, which... We'll pray from time to time after communion, which is another reason not to leave early, right? We'll pray from time to time after communion together as a family in hopes that it accomplishes two things. One, we're asking the Lord in a specific way to bless us at here at Our Lady of Mercy to raise up vocations to the priesthood, religious life, future leaders in the church. So as to shepherd his people in the most turbulent of times. And two is hopefully the second thing to accomplish is that it, it, it starts to build a culture here at the parish, a, a culture as a parish family to foster and encourage boys and girls that we see to be a priest, to be a religious sister, to think in the minds of like, yeah, to be a, a good shepherd in the church, sacrificing my life 
Whether that's a religious ed teacher, a catechist telling, seeing Johnny, hey Johnny, do you ever think about maybe being like Father Mark or Father Don someday? And that to translate into our homes so that mom and dad or grandma and grandpa or godmother or godfather can, can encourage into little Johnny or little Susie to follow God's call for their life. It's, it's so important that we, we start to foster that culture and that, that opportunity. And, and nothing else, like I hope that you see me as a priest for 10 months. Like I want to tell you, especially for our young, like maybe, yeah, unapologetically to our young boys and young men here to, who are not married, know that I love being a priest. It's been hard as all get out, but I love it. Was it a hard little leap to to enter seminary? Yeah, it was. I love being a priest. Hear that to the boys and young men here in the church. And if God is calling you, be not afraid. Because the life of the priest is absolutely amazing. Second problem that came up as a result of me praying with these readings Time Magazine, which is a secular news source, came out with an article a couple years ago pointing to a masculinity crisis in our culture. And you don't need me, Time Magazine, or anyone else to tell you that there is a crisis of good men in our world today. We know it, we see it, some of us here acutely know that reality. The standards and the bar that, stand, that, that society holds for men seems to keep getting lower and lower and lower. We as a society have bought, bought into the outdated mantra, ah, men will be men, boys will be boys. Usually said when? When little Johnny does something defiant or reckless or a crime or he plays 10 hours of video games. Oh, isn't that cute? Men will be men, boys will be boys. What kind of message does that send? It's certainly not scriptural. It's not, it's, not the, it's not the message and the model that Jesus gives us in the gospel today. To lay down one's life in a sacrificial, crazy way. So there's a strong, strong narrative out there that lends to the idea that faith Religion, relationship with Jesus, that's a woman thing. Raising kids in the faith, that's mom's job. Taking kids to church, mom's job. Recently, a mother told me that when she was trying to get her kids out the door to come to Mass in the morning, her husband was actually encouraging the kids to stay at home, to have fun with dad. As I said that last night, a woman came up to me, a flew of women, shared... That's me, and I'm hurting, and I don't know what to do. This narrative that is so strong, right, leads to the idea of thinking that it's just okay for men to objectify women. God knows we've been seeing enough of that in the news lately. This narrative lends to fatherless homes, or at least being absent. The numbers out there are staggering. Numbers... 25% 25% today, 25% of kids grow up in a household without a father. 
without any masculine role model. And the statistics are crazy. The, 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 when, when dad doesn't go to church, it's like 75, 80% when the kids get older and adults, they don't practice faith at all. A new narrative needs to be created. And at this point, the men out there are saying, like, I'm here. Why are you saying this to me? True. It's been such a privilege to meet and walk with so many great men in this parish the last 10 months. It's been inspiring, quite honestly. But we can always do better. I can do better. That is, I can do better to laying down my life in a sacrificial way. I know I can do better. I can always use the help from my fellow brothers to encourage me to model better the Good Shepherd. And Jesus today, without, without any hesitation, talks today about his desire to get the sheep who are currently not of the fold. To currently get the sheep that are not here this morning. So what's the solution? What are we going to do about it? Some of you are thinking right now, oh, Father Mark's going to pitch a new Bible study, men only. Just for men. Or he'll start a series of, of talks for men. No. The solution, I feel that the Lord really over the past year and a half now that's been put on my heart, I suggest that we work out together. Really. Meet me next Saturday in the church parking lot at 7 o'clock in the morning to work out. Those of you that have played sports growing up know that there's a special bond that is formed when you work out with others. Especially this is the case for men. There's a special bond that's formed. I've been working out with a a number of different men from the parish and other guys from local churches around the community. Interdenominational. Workouts won't be too crazy, but they will kick your butt. I assure you. One hour, seven to eight. The goal is what? The goal is to write a new narrative. The goal is to transform the culture. To raise up better men for our society. To raise up better men for our families. Ultimately, ultimately, inviting guys who are not of this fold to a life-changing encounter with Jesus. Because as our first reading says, there is no other name. I, actually, I forget how it goes right now, but <laughs> like, I'm thinking another scripture verse, but there's no other safe spot, right? Salvation is from him. So make no mistake about it. That's the goal. And the solution to all these problems, these two problems that I just mentioned that's been on my heart, and the problems that are there for each and every one of us that range from here to here, and everywhere in between, the answer is him. It's the good shepherd. It's him who laid down his life in a sacrificial way for you and for me, because he's wildly in love with you and me. And he knows that we have a a tendency to wander far and to be scattered 
right now in this church this morning to be scattered. And he says, come to the fold. Come to my fold. Come back. And see, once we know that, once we know that in a life-changing way, we can begin the church's mission of shepherding all people to him, to the Father who cares. So pray for vocations. And to the men, I'll see you in the parking lot on Saturday at 7.